0: Welcome to the Brew News Podcast, all the news that's fit to brew. I'm Andrew Jennings.
1: And I'm Laura Jennings. And this week, we're starting something special with a history of beer. We decided a while ago that we needed to go back into time and share with you all what we found.
0: These episodes are going to be a bit different, and we're going to try and keep them fairly short. Instead of a standard tasting, uh, Laura and I are going to try and drink some beers that are appropriate for the time period we're going to be discussing but not go into too much depth about the beer itself since it's really about the journey, not necessarily the beer. This series will also be a touch odd as I'm going to be sharing research that I did with Laura. She hasn't really seen the notes, so this is going to be more of a cold reading for her. Just for point of reference, most of my notes and research came from William Boswick's A Brewer's Tale and some additional online sources. If you do want a good history of beer, though, I highly recommend A Brewer's Tale.
1: We hope you enjoy the history of beer part one from the Brew News Pod.
0: All right, so the history of beer really comes down to alcohol. What is it? How do we get it? So, Laura, as the chemist, what is alcohol?
1: Use that term pretty loosely.
0: But an alcohol is an OH group. Awesome. And the alcohol we drink is typically gonna be ethanol, not methanol or isopropanol. Isopropanol's a thing, right? Propanol is.
1: Isopropyl? I, I might know. have said that wrong. I'm pretty far removed from the chemistry world. I drink the working booze. in student affairs.
0: <laughs> so In our drinks, we get alcohol through uh, fermentation. It's an anaerobic activity. It's a glycolysis glycolysis breakdown of glucose, which is simple sugar and typically done by single cell organisms, the ones we like to call the yeast. Um, The yeast are going to break down uh, glucose into CO2, which is the nice bubbles, and alcohol, the OH groups that we love drinking. This is a naturally occurring pr- process. A yeast are all around us. They're like the force, really. They're on the flies. They're on the trees. They're on the bees. They're on your skin. And how we get this yeast and the bacteria is really important to the booze itself. So we know alcohol is part of beer. But what ultimately is beer? Any thoughts? No. 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 <laughs> all right, Robin.
1: It has yeast yes. and malt. Yes. That what makes it different than wine?
0: The malt. The malt is what makes it different. So nailed it. The OG three uh, alcohols we have are mead, wine, and beer. Mead is uh, the mead and wine are pretty naturally occurring, and beer is a cultured, high class and <laughs> alcohol. Um, what makes this cultured is actually the sugar source so mead is just honey water and yeast elephants figured out how to make mead they take a um a beehive shove it somewhere let the dye sort of rot a little bit ferments and they make mead it's it's pretty much janky weed but yeah they Hmm. mead, but they do it uh wine's also naturally occurring it's just uh now we use grapes but you can use any fruit really really let it break down ultimately it's going to make alcohols you have wine Now, good wine, I'll give it that, but any fool can make cheap prison wine. Um, Beer, however, is the kicker because it's malt. Malt is not something we find in nature. Uh, It's a made process. Malt is uh, germinated cereal grains that have been dried in a process known as malting. Malting. So, shocked.
1: is essentially, is beer on purpose? Beer's like on purpose. Do you don't it.
0: you don't accidental a beer. Yeah, <laughs> you can accidental a bad one, but you do not accidental a beer. Um, you could argue that the first beers were sort of accidental mm-hmm. because the malting process is similar to what we do for bread. So, uh, you take the grains, you're going to germinate them slightly. You can put them in some warm water, let them start growing because grain seeds are too uh, robust for us to get any sugars out of it. They're really nutrient dense, but we can't do anything so you have to trick them make them think it's time to grow and they release the sugars but if you let them grow then you wind up with a plant and that's not what you want to get. yeah you would just <laughs> put the grain so um you would actually halt them by uh, drying them out or applying heat essentially kill it mid um mid growth or early growth stage so you just uh, malt them for a little bit the typical cereal grains we have are maize or corn rice wheat barley sorghum millet oats rye triticale and phonio i've never heard of phonio mm. triticale is pretty good though um, so like i said malt's also the basis for bread uh, this malting process releases sugars for the gluten to form which you get when you need dough remember that or when you, we tried tried and failed Darn power outage. Um, and then this is the source of the sugars for what makes beer this cultured alcohol. Because you don't accidental a loaf of bread, just like you don't accidental a beer. So let's go back to the beginnings of beer by having the oldest beer we could find in terms of um, recipe. This is the Midas Touch from Dogfish Head that we're drinking. Uh, Travis and I did this in our Dogfish Head episodes, part of their Ancient Ale series. Um, it is a 27-year-old recipe, 2,700, sorry, got those zeros. <laughs> Super old, 27 years. Yeah, 27 years. whole years. Um, and it is barley, honey, white muscat grapes, and saffron. And it's going to be a little meaty, but it is a Babylonian recipe. They scraped it out of drinking horns. So while I talk about how Babylon how Babylonians brood, we'll get into this. I do know it's sweet.
1: Whew. Ooh, yeah, that's sweet.
0: Yeah, so that's the honey and the grapes and yeah, all that, that.
1: Yeah, definitely
0: got that meaty. Yeah, so... Beer brewing started about 10,000 years ago in Sumeria and Babylon. So those are around modern day Iraq, uh, Baghdad. It's going to be the Fertile Crescent, right? Uh, is that, that's the Fertile Crescent, right between the Tigris and the Euphrates? No clue. You don't remember your ancient history? I do not. Dang it. All right. So it began providing nothing. <laughs> So it began as um, using prepared bread, actually, as the sugar source. So they would take bapier bread, honey, and sweet aromatics. Those would be blended in, boiled in a pit, because everything should start in a pit, and then they're going to be left there to ferment. Uh, This is the proto wort, wort being the sugar water that turns into beer, uh, was then openly fermented and the yeast from flies would inoculate the wort. So the flies land on it because they like sugar, they uh, eat eat a little bit, but the yeast on their legs uh, pops off into the the wort to create the beer. Uh, this is just going to be an open exposed tub generally or urn. Um, this is going to lead to a very bready, low alcohol, low carbonation beer. This one's not the one we're drinking, but it's more of a modern take on an ancient ale. But they could have controlled, not really controlled for alcohol, but they could have made a boozier beer or a less boozy, just depending on how they were doing it. These ancient ales are going to be brewed and drank in a very short period of time. Uh, possibly while they're still fermenting. You good?
1: (laughs) Sometimes the microphone gets in in the way of your
0: sips. (laughs) Uh, So it was thought that each home in Babylon, ancient Babylon, had their own home-brewing pot, because it wasn't really a a brewery per se, more of a pot. I'm home-brewing now. It's not sitting in a pot that we drink out of straws, right? No. Okay, I didn't think so. But we could do it. That'd be gross. Yeah. A lot of times this was a communal thing, so they would all g- jump around together, grab a straw, and drink out of the communal pot. Um, and these are unfiltered beers, and they are putting stuff in it. Bread. Okay, so it's going to float, uh, and then it's going to sink. And then dates and figs and whatever they can find to give it more flavor and give it a more... Uh, pop and feel no no is that a no law
1: i'm more trying to figure out why they would just throw bread in there that just sounds so unappetizing to me
0: because that's their sugar source they don't they're not using the grains they're not mulching the grains they're actually taking the bread itself and using the sugar out of the bread
1: wouldn't it clog the
0: straw yeah you don't put the straw at the bottom (laughs) you put it up raise it up the babylonians did have um punishable offenses for making bad beer oh now we just close your brewery down because no one goes there but uh or your budweiser sorry budweiser you'll get some good press in part three um maybe two Mm -hmm. Uh, but um so this they actually would punish you for making bad beer uh and egypt also had their own brewing and they are the first macro brewery they were popping out a whole 300 gallons a day yes
1: How would you be punished?
0: I assume a hearty slap on the back. No, it's Babylon. It's Hammurabi's Code, I'm assuming. (laughs) Not good, not good. Probably not good. You probably Ooh. lose any uh, any equipment you have, and you probably have to pay a fine of some sort. Hmm. Look, I'm not big into ancient Babylonian rules and law.
1: The law, yeah.
0: Yeah, the law. I'm barely up on Next arms. Next time, do better. Okay. <laughs> um, but Egypt created their first macro brewery in Heracompolis. Herakompolis. Herakompolis. Yeah. yeah, you're just looking at me like I'm crazy. Uh, and this brewery put out 300 gallons of beer a day for the masses slash slaves. The Egyptians learned this pretty early on, that beer is caloric and carb carbohydrate. Yes, that's the one. Caloric and carbohydrate dense. So you can get a lot of energy out of just drinking beer. And you can make it fairly low alcohol and give it to the slaves. They're all drunk that night. Yeah, this is what they did. Um, Where is this again? Egypt, ancient. ancient Egypt. But this concept of giving laborers, Heavy caloric, heavy, um, heavy caloric, heavy carbohydrate beer continues up well into the 1800s and possibly further. At that point, it's not for the slaves, but it's the concept of you've been working all day. We need to replenish your uh, nutrients. Have a beer it does the trick and then prohibition but we were a couple thousand years before so let's um unfortunately we don't have a ton of good babylonian or egyptian breweries these days no one thinks about those areas the fertile crescent the the Nile rover valley as the locations of brewing but they do think about europe so let's talk about the early european brewing Earliest Known Brewery in Europe was founded in 3000 BC, so it's about 5000 years ago, so it's almost exactly halfway from when brewing started to now. This was in Scara Brae, off Scotland. Uh, The grain in in Europe was not nearly as plentiful as it was in the Fertile Crescent and Nile Delta, so you had to get a little bit creative. And this is not the last time we see people getting creative with their mashes. Um, common add-ins. When I say something that sounds good, let me know. Uh, tree sap. Not doing it. Okay. Uh, honey.
1: Not personally, but I could see that
0: that would be okay. Cherries. Eh. Okay. Cloudberries. Unsure of what that
1: actually tastes like.
0: Lingonberries.
1: Oh, like. Isn't that what they make the um, little jam out of?
0: Yes, they yes. make lingonberry jam yes, yes, out yes, of yes, lingonberries. Yes. They're real. Uh,
1: <laughs> this, these are not made up fruits.
0: Nope. Uh, Roman wine. Hmm. Sounds pretty good, right? Sure. Yeah, when you could get it, you could toss some wine in there. Um, and I'm going to get to a f- th- these next ones are actually Norse add ins, so Scandinavian add ins. Uh, nightshade, Hemlock,
1: hmm.
0: hmm. Meadow Sweet.
1: Unsure of that one. Could I'll, go either
0: way, really. It's also slightly toxic. Henbane, <laughs> uh, mm. mushrooms of the psychedelic type. <laughs> no, uh, ergot.
1: Definitely not.
0: So, do you know what ergot is? I do. Okay.
1: It's one of the theories for the Salem witch trials.
0: Oh, interesting. Yes,
1: yeah, so there's a theory that ergot caused some of the hallucin. Nations that the kids were doing and uh, people who were accusing certain people. It's maybe one of the more far-fetched series, but I did a book report on it in like
0: seventh grade. Ooh, yeah. fancy.
1: Yeah, look like look at me contributing. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I didn't know that. I just know that ergot is a fungus that mm-hmm. has similar chemical components to LSD.
1: Yeah. Does it grow on? Is it grain? Is that what it grows on? I
0: think it grows on grain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so these were pretty common add-ins uh, in early European brewing. European brewing was Scandinavian? very... Scandinavian? Yes, Well, Scandinavian, too. They added all the toxic stuff. But European brewing in general, we're going to add pretty much tree sap, honey, cherries, whatever they found lying around that wouldn't kill them. The Scandinavians just took it to the next level. Hmm. Big thing was brewing beer. Beer was not a drink for the laborers. It was a drink for the parties. It was a drink for you to have when someone died. So the uh, Norse festival Totenfulga, or following into death, which we would call today a funeral or a wake, that's when they would brew break this stuff out this is not something you have for your slaves you drink this when you're trying to celebrate or feast uh and honestly i want none of those norse beers there's nothing about that that's exciting to me so a lot of this is party festival beer and then um European brewing, like we said before, it's going to be home-based. It's going to be at the tribal level. It took a long time to achieve mass brewing like the Egyptians had done thousands of years before. So let's find out how the Europeans did it. But before we do that, let's grab our next beer. This is the West Mali Trappist Double. It is a uh, ale. It's going to be a double, so it's going to be, what, what's it, 7%? Oh.
1: I'm sure it says on the back.
0: <laughs> 7%, yes. It's called it. And how you, brewing went from being this crazy regional thing to, um, not crazy regional, this crazy tribal thing to more of a regional and consistent beer is through the church, actually. So let's try some of that church beer. Good. It's a double. Not bad. It's, it's-
1: not as... I don't know what the word is. Some doubles are very...
0: Uh, Heavy, yeah, Yeah.
1: Effervescent and bitey almost. Like this one's more smooth.
0: This one's very smooth, very Mm -hmm. light. It's um, very subtle, I'd say. Yeah. So this is a Trappist ale. Trappist ales have to be brewed at... monasteries and there's a very specific laws about naming your beer a trappist ale you'll see a lot of belgian ales or you'll see a lot of monastery ales those are your we don't quite meet the criteria of being a trappist ale but we're gonna try it so christianity helped bring Brewing consistency to the market instead of crazy uh, hemlock, you now are using more grain. Uh, This was done because Christianity wanted to grow. They wanted to grow, uh, and the best way they were finding was to convert people to Christianity. We're going to have to change some of our traditions as Christians to get them to hop on board, because beer was not a Christian drink. While the original breweries were started in Mesopotamia, they really didn't continue up into the Mediterranean area. Italy, almost no brewing at the time, they're all drinking wine. So how do you take this uh, wine-based religion and bring it into a beer Beer drinking culture in Northern Europe. Same way you do everything else. Sync it up with drinking parties. This is pretty common actually in early Christianity. It was to sync up their holy days with parties in the area, the region, the religions of areas they're moving into. This is most commonly referred to as Saturnalia. Uh, they see it at Christmas time, where it was a winter solstice holiday in the Hellenistic regions. So you had Saturnalia. So that's when Christmas is, because that was a big party. That's also the same time uh, Odin's feast was in the uh, Scandinavian area. So it was easy to say, okay, I'm still doing this winter holiday and I'll just worship a different deity now. The next part was codifying and brewing beer. So the church actually embraced beer at this time because they realized if we brew the beer, people will come to us and then we can control the beer and control how it's made and it's not gonna kill everyone like the Norse are trying to do with the Hemlock brew. Uh, and then step three is of course convert. Uh, we don't really care about step one and three today. We're just gonna talk about step two. So Abbey Brewing began actually as fundraisers. This is a pretty fun fundraiser, it is, right?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, you go to
1: that fundraiser, <laughs> right? It's better
0: than like, would you buy my cookies or like, how would you like a dozen? We donuts? do love the
1: cookies. Don't get us wrong. Our science center in Greensboro does a bubble oh, yeah. brews, and bubbles. Yeah, that's, that's one a... of
0: our favorite fundraisers it's every from my year. From. <laughs> that's what our glasses are from. Yeah, so you can yeah. do that. Great make that fun idea. So they began brewing the beers. Um, so the, the question became, do I need to brew beer at home anymore? Because the monks will do it. All I have to need to do is donate to them and i get free beer yeah i guess it's not free but you're if you're tithing anyway and you get beer out of your tithe that's a pretty solid deal Mm -hmm. um so the abbeys and breweries became nearly synonymous if you wanted to get a beer you're into beer you would go to the abbey if you're into religion you would go to the brewery it was the same thing uh and but this also led uh brewing to become more science less art you're no longer saying a little bit of this a little bit of that I don't know what this plant is, I'm going to toss it in, Uh, you're actually creating something more consistent. This also led to beer being less poisonous and less likely to kill you, which we are all big fans of. So the biggest contribution monastic brewing gave us was the codification of brewing, so how to brew, uh, safe beers to drink, also the beginnings of beer being more of a quote masculine art, Uh, as originally and as late as the 17 1800s brewing was more of a uh, job for women which is odd because in modern american brewing it's almost all men with a very few women owning breweries the reason for that is because several actually the brewing was done in the home home is the where the women were in charge sorry laura's looking at me like i'm being very patri- patronizing, patronizing.
1: Put it in context historically. Historically, is, yeah. yes. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Uh, and then the goddesses of grain and the harvest were almost always goddesses. Were very few, the yes. There were women. Well, they were women. <laughs> well, in the house too. I
1: thought you were calling the women in the homes the goddesses.
0: I mean, sure, we'll go with the that.
1: Goddesses of beer.
0: But the goddesses of the uh, ingredients of beer were goddesses, not gods, almost almost consistently across all religions, Uh, Greco-Roman, Egyptian, I'm sure the Babylonians, the grain deity is usually a a woman, and beer is based in grain, so it makes perfect sense that brewing became more of a uh, female-oriented task or job. The problem with these beers that are coming out of the the abbeys at this, at this time is they can't travel far from their source. There's no preservatives. They're really only three things. They're grain, they're yeast, and they're water. You know be- bread. Bread doesn't last but a hot minute. So, <laughs> yeah, think about that. And that's with that. modern-day preservatives. And that's with modern-day, <laughs> yeah. Uh, back in the day, there was none of that. You are no. making a beer, you're drinking beer, you're throwing beer out that you don't drink that day. That meant Wait, so. How
1: long would that process take, though?
0: Uh, beer brewing for them. If they're drinking it flat, probably a week.
1: Oh, so they weren't carbonating it?
0: Though well, they had no way to carbonate besides oh. natural carbonation. During this time, we're pre-medieval. They may have glass jugs with screw-top lids or something like that, but they're not trying to make carbonated beer. They're trying to make flat ales essentially. Hmm. Uh, this meant that each monastery had their own ter- terroir or local flavor. And if you were a, if you were, let's say, the brewer pod in the Dark Ages or Middle Ages, and you wanted to try different breweries, it meant you had to grab your pod- podcasting equipment and head on to the next brewery. Well, that gets us, that gets us up to the about the Middle Ages, about to medieval times. So I think we're gonna call this episode for now, and we'll get started with our section. We're gonna title Road Beers. Oh. That concludes this week's history of beer.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's Brew News.
0: If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to subscribe and give us a rating in whichever app you found us on. We value your feedback and it also helps the show reach more listeners.
1: If you have any thoughts or suggestions for future breweries or are with a brewery and would like to join us, feel free to tweet at or follow us on Twitter at brew underscore news.
0: We are on Instagram at brewnewspod, and you can visit our website, www.brewnewspod.com, where we will post links and photos and tasting notes.
1: You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast platform you use.
0: Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week to look more at the history of beer. you ever wondered how you could join the brew news crew well swing over to patreon.com slash brew pod and you can join us we have three different tiers for all of our patrons at the lager level you earn early access to all of our podcast episodes at the ipa level you get early access to our podcast episodes but you get special weekly beer tastings that are done by various members of the crew and you get special video presentations including our beer miss special At the stout level, you get everything you get at the IPA level, but you also get to appear on one episode of the Brew News Pod, and when we have some swag, we'll send some your way. So feel free to swing over to patreon.com slash brewnewspod. That again is patreon.com slash brewnewspod and join the crew.